it is October 31st, so I thought I'd wear my bright orange shirt for a couple of reasons. One, in honor of all the great pumpkins who are sacrificing their lives today sitting on the front porches of houses all around the country. But also to remind you that in Fort Collins, this is what our fall has looked like for about a month. I mean, Fort Collins, this is the absolute longest and best fall we have had in a long, long time. Last year, if you remember, everything got frozen and iced and broke off before the second week of October. This year, no freezes, no nothing, and it has been gorgeous. I mean, it would rival New England, sort of, but it was has just been really, really pretty. I share that because we in Fort Collins have learned this week when the wind came howling through that fall is transitioning into winter. All the pretty trees last week are all naked trees week. And now we're in cold and rain, expecting snow tonight. So, you know, if you love fall, you go, yes. And if you hate winter, you go, no. But it happens anyway. We're always transitioning from the fall. It succeeds to the winter. The winter succeeds to the spring, spring to summer, summer to fall. And that's the cycle that God has put us in. All of life is a series of you do your things, you success to somebody else, then you move on to something else, to something else. That's the way it goes in marriage, in life, in family, in relationships. I mean, we, we live, we do our thing, we get ready to die, our will and Actually, back in January or July, that it's time for the growth. Every day I get five pieces of mail from Medicare and AARP. So you may not think I'm older, but I do have my gray patch there to show my age, and I do have stacks of mail telling me I have to sign up for Medicare. Anyway, so we began the search uh, a couple of few months ago. I've interviewed nine, ten people, uh, men, women here, local, everywhere else. And then uh, Billy Wilson, who's my boss, he's our district superintendent for the Wesley Church of Great uh, Mountain Plains District. Anyway, he was getting the resume and sending me the good one. He said, you really need to look at this one. I looked at it, and it was Dusty Otis, who was here last week. And uh, I looked at it, I thought, he's in Detroit, you know, he's been in Tulsa, I'm sure he's going to go back to Tulsa, but I thought it's worth a 15-minute phone call. So we talked, and uh, our 15-minute phone call lasted 90 minutes. And I thought, man, this is really delightful, because I knew what I was looking for, and I'll tell you more about that in a second, but he was pretty much everything, plus a whole lot more than what I thought we would get, because I've pastored for 44 years, I know what it takes to grow a church and to organize it, lead it, multiply it, and do that. And it's a full-time job. It's If you do it right, it's full-time. And uh, I was looking for somebody special. And uh, so that worked out. And then I said, I need to get you in here sooner rather than later. Didn't want to wait another two months. Brought him in last week. He, and he brought his family. I was going to bring he and Heather in. And he said, no, we're bringing our whole family. And I said, well, we'll pay for everything. He said, nope, you'll pay for nothing. 
I said, nope. He said, nope. I said, nope. He said, nope. And he said, I want the Lord to know that I'm serious about this opportunity. And I said, this is my way. Then we'll buy lunch and all that. They came in Friday, hung out with their family all weekend. They were magnificent, preached here, Q&A. We talked Monday. And it was just one of those, you know, when you have a puzzle and you know there's a piece out there and you try a different piece and all of a sudden you find the right one, that little, ah, this is right. Transition in church is the same as transition in life and business and everything else. You do what you're supposed to do for a season, and when God says, all right, you move on, we do. In the Bible, there's been a whole series of successions. I mean, you got Isaac to uh, Abraham to Isaac, Isaac to Joseph, basically, and then Moses comes along, and then Moses, Moses and Joshua, they transition. Elijah, Elisha, transition. G John the Baptist to Jesus, then Jesus to the disciples, and then the disciples to their followers, Paul to Timothy. That's the part of life. That's the way we go. Of all of those transitions, my favorite today and what the Lord put on my heart to preach to you is the one that happens in 1 Kings chapter 19. So if you have your Bibles, uh, however you get them, paper or technology, go to 1 Kings 19.19. And this is the story of Elijah transitioning to Elisha. Uh, if you don't read the Old Testament a whole lot, let me encourage you to do so. 1 Kings and 2 Kings, it's all about kings, obviously. But the kings were not righteous kings. Most of them were stinkers. And so God raised up Elijah and Elisha and other prophets like them to hold the kings in check. And when Elijah was the prophet, now I'm going to say Elijah and Elisha. Let me hear you say Elijah, Elijah. and Elisha. Okay, now I'm going to mess it up sometime in the next 20 minutes. You don't have to correct me. I know I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to listen to the message afterwards and go, golly, I messed that up. So let me hear you just say, Robert's going to mess it up. And that's okay. All right, because I'm old. <laughs> Short version of Elijah. Elijah was a prophet to the max. If you were around in the days of Billy Graham, kind of the preacher to the nations, that's what Elijah was to the Israelites. He was that voice. God used him to do some incredible things, some powerful ministries. God used him to raise people back to the dead. He used him to stop the rains for three years and then to bring the rains back. He gave him the strength to outrun horses in the first marathon known in history. He outran the horses back to the city some 18 to 20 miles. He was a prophet among prophets, he confronted two people, and that was Ahab and his wife Jezebel, two of the worst kings and queens that ever ruled in the land. And there was a constant battle. They hated Elijah. Elijah loved God, but the people were falling into bad worship. And so it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Elijah is what you would call an introvert. He was an introvert and a task-oriented preacher. He would get the Word from God, come in, do what he was supposed to do, and then leave. And he didn't care if you liked him or not. He didn't care if you clapped for him or booed him out of town. He was living for God, and that's the way God wired him to be. A lifetime of that will wear you down when you are a loner in all of these times. And so the last one was the battle on Mount Carmel, the 400 prophets of Baal, and then Elijah. And God, Elijah said, Lord, show them that you are the God of all creation. And fire comes down, consumes the altar, the rocks, the water, everything was gone. And God made, I mean, this is a, a pinnacle moment for Elijah. The problem with pinnacle moments is you're so high up, there's never anywhere else to go except down. Anyway, Elijah's thinking, all right, this is it. Fire from heaven. God has spoken. Rains are coming. The, surely the, the king and the queen have got to change their ways, and they didn't. Jezebel says, quote, he will be as dead as my prophets are this time tomorrow night. 
So Elijah, the task-oriented prophet, obedient to God, runs for his life, total opposite, far side of the, the country, hides under a tree and says, Lord, I am exhausted. I am the only decent person left. Nobody serves you. I just want you to take my life and let me die. I'm curious, and you don't have to show your hands or to put a text or anything, but just to, mm, oh, don't even say anything. Have you ever been to a point in your life where you would like to have hidden under a, uh, a juniper tree or a cedar tree, and you just wanted to say, Lord, I am fed up, I'm tired, I'm worn out, I cannot do it anymore. I, Lord, I, I'm not going to end my life, but would you just take my life? It, just to give me a nod. If you, if you know somebody that's been there, how about one of those? All right, thank you very much. It's a low time. I've been there. It is a low in the dark time when you're thinking, there's no way out. And there always is. God always makes sure that there is a way to escape. An angel appears to Elijah. He says, hey, Elijah, get up, eat. And he went back to sleep because that's what you do when you're in the you know, clinical depression. You just eat and sleep. You don't even want to eat. And then the angel says, now go down to this place, to Mount Sinai. And so he goes these journeys, and he's there. And God says, Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah poured his heart out. Lord, I'm the last one left. Da, 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 da. And God listens to him and says, okay. And then he takes him into that mountain, that cave. And Elijah, what are you doing here? And God gives the earth, wind, and fire. Yes, the band, they got it from the Bible. And so he hears the earth, sees the earthquake, the winds blow and the fire, and God gives him that still small whisper, Elisha, what are you doing here? And Elijah, he said, Lord, da, 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 I've had another last guy left. And finally God says, okay, you're not the last guy left. There are 7,000 others like you. You're not alone. Get up, anoint this king over Aram, anoint this king over Israel, and uh, appoint Elisha to be your assistant. So Elijah goes back in obedience to God, and he does exactly what he says. Now, Elijah knew he was looking for a man named Elisha. He knew what was going to happen, and he knew he was going to make him the successor to his ministry. So Elijah had the advantage of knowing what the name of the guy he was looking for. I did not have that advantage in July and August and September and even into October. Lord, I'm praying. I don't know the name, but I know what the person will look like and be like. My prayer was, Lord, I pray that they can teach, that they can lead, that they have experience, and that they love Fort Collins and want to live here for the next 15 or 20 years and teach and coach and coach Little League and soccer and be in the community events and do whatever pastors do because God plants the pastor and we work the field. So I didn't know who it was, male or female. I knew they'd be younger than me because, you know, if you're older than me, what's the point? So... <laughs> So I didn't know the name. So these days we don't get the earth, wind and fire. We get indeed.com and we cast it out there and say, hey, here's an opportunity. And that's where uh, Billy Wilson comes in because he took care of all of that. And he sent me this resume. I looked at Dusty's resume, called him, talked to him, brought his family in, loved everything I was seeing and hearing and all of that. And uh, he's been in ministry for almost four, four, 20 years. Started as a coach, a teacher, a pastor on staff and that. So he's been in nonprofit leadership for close to 20 years. I was thinking there's no way I'm going to get somebody with that kind of experience. I was looking for a 28 to 30 year old. God said, no, you're getting a 40 year old. And as we talk and visit, and I said, where else are you looking? And he told me, I said, what are they offering? And he told me, and I said, ah, shoot, 
there goes my opportunity. <laughs> the Lord has blessed us, but not that much. And, you know, you just can't do that. So I said, well, I said, he said, no, but my heart is here. Because if you heard his story last week, his grandparents were here and that. And, and he's in Detroit right now. And he says, I got to make a move that's good for my family. I want my kids to grow up, to be in a strong area, to be safe and that. And so they came in and they loved the place. And so that kind of worked out. So I was looking for a, a person that fills an activity, not a name. Elisha was the name that God gave Elijah. Now, here's the fun part. If you have your Bibles, verse 19. So Elijah goes back into town. He found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. So he's a farm boy. He's, a, he's working the fields. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field and allowed Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. So he's a man of some wealth. His dad owns property and most people had one ox barely. If you had two, you were doing pretty good. If you had 12 yoke of oxen, that's 24 oxen plowing a field. That's, uh, he's doing all right. He ain't hurting. But what I love about Elisha is that number one, he's hardworking. Let me hear you say hardworking. He's a rich kid, but he's out there plowing, not with the first yoke of oxen, but with the last yoke. Now, here's a test question. Which do you think would be a more enjoyable position? The first yoke of oxen or the 12th yoke of oxen? Who would say first? You're right. Who would say 12th? You're right. Why? Because when you've got two, 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 you're the last guy on a big field. You're catching everybody's dust and wind and all of that stuff. But this is Elisha. He's, he's the, the father's son, and yet he says, I'll take the last plow. I love his personality, but he's hardworking. Let me see here say hardworking. There you go. Next thing it says, Eli, let's see, he was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah walked over to him and threw his cloak around his shoulders and then walked away. I told you he was a task-oriented prophet. God said, anoint Elisha, and so he says, you're Elisha, I'm Elisha. Okay, throws his cloak over, not another word, and he walks out of the scene, just like I'm doing right now. So all of a sudden, Elisha, I mean, everybody knew Elijah because he was the Billy Graham of the country. I mean, he was the preacher to the nations. And when that guy, it would be like Billy Graham meeting me at the church or someplace, handing me his Bible and saying, here, don't look for me, I'm coming back. Are you following me? Oh, very good. Anyway, so Elijah comes running back to Elijah, and he's, he's just that young guy, maybe late teens, early 20s. Oh, wait. And he says, I love this. He says, hey, can I uh, go kiss my mother and father goodbye, and then I go, I'll go with you. And Elijah replied, go on back, but think about what I've done to you. How would you like to have a succession plan like that? First of all, a cloak, no other words, and then, oh, can I kiss my parents? Yeah, sure, do whatever. Just think about what I've done to you. You are now the guy that will be speaking to Ahab and Jezebel. Here's a succession, succession plan. Elijah, task-oriented, dominating, isolated, introvert. Comes in, does his thing, and does that. Elisha runs after him. Hey, can I go kiss my mom and dad goodbye? Elijah, hardworking. Elijah, open to new opportunities. open to new opportunities. Elisha, family-oriented. Can I go kiss my mom and dad goodbye first? Elijah says, sure, do whatever. Elijah's thing wasn't going to kiss mom and dad goodbye. His was just task. I did my job. I'm getting out of here. That's the task-oriented prophet. Of the two prophets, Elisha is the people-oriented extrovert. Can I go kiss mom and dad goodbye? He was family first kind of guy. What I love about Dusty, hardworking, I've discovered that hearing his history. Uh, second thing, he's open to opportunities. He wants what God has for him. Third, he's family-oriented. When he says, can I bring my kids? Because when we make a decision like this, 
We want our kids to be involved in the decision. I said, man, that's really cool. I never did that. You know, I just told my kids what we were doing. I'm not going to ask their opinion. <laughs> but you're getting a new, you're getting Elisha, not Elijah. Let me tell you, you will like Elisha better than you like Elijah. Because Elijah comes in, does the thing, leaves, goodbye, so long. Elisha sticks around. He's the first to arrive and the last to leave. Can I kiss my parents goodbye? Sure, do whatever. And he does that. Says goodbye to mom and dad. And then he throws a party for all of the people. He has two oxen. He owns them, his parents, his family does. And this is a big moment. And so he slaughters the cows, cuts the wood up, grills a barbecue, and invites everybody else. And they eat two whole cows of steaks and ribs and pork and all, not pork, <laughs> no pork. Jews weren't eating pork then, and they don't now. But what I love about Elisha, he's got this call of a lifetime, but before he leaves, he says, I'm going to throw a party for all of my friends. And everybody comes in. They all knew Elijah. When they saw him walking across the field, I guarantee you, everybody, that's Elijah. They all stopped their cows. And then Elijah walks to Elisha and does his thing and walks away. And they're all watching Elisha. Yeah, go on now. I don't care. Do whatever. And so he goes back, slaughters the cows, makes a barbecue. And then he follows Elijah as his servant. Elijah, Elisha, let me see, follow my leads in. He was hardworking. He was, he sought opportunity. Uh, he was, uh, family comes first. He was people oriented. And then the last thing is he was a servant. The last part of this section says, and Elisha uh, went with Elijah as his assistant. The New Living Translation says assistant. The King James Version says he was his servant. I love Elisha because he was servant-oriented. Rich kid, got a great place, but humble because he's plowing with the last yoke of oxen. Goes with the preacher of the land, takes over the position, but he's not you know, pulling rank or anything. He's just humble, he's happy, and he serves. Jesus said, if anybody's going to be great among you, they have to become a servant first. As I got to know Dusty and his family, hardworking, sought opportunities, uh, family comes first. Uh, he's a people-oriented guy, very well-connected. read an article on him in Detroit. They were taking breakfast every week to the hospital and to the police station in downtown Detroit. When he got there in Detroit, the media blasted his work in ministry. You know, it's kind of like this Oklahoma boy is coming to, we don't need Oklahoma people up here doing, I mean, literally... Why would a community blast any minister for wanting to come in and, and reach, teach, and help people? But he got that, but he continued serving. And then uh, not long ago, there was an article they did on him about how, you know, the, the church, his church is called, uh, I think, New Generations Church. Uh, it's an online church only, but it says they have come every Thursday to the hospital, either dusty or made sure it was somebody there. His consistency won the community. Why? Because he wasn't hiding out in the church. He was going to the hospitals. He was going to the police station. Not just a one-time deal, not just twice, but every week, hey, good morning, here's some breakfast sandwiches and stuff. And didn't preach at them, just loved them in Jesus' name. That's the kind of pastor that the Grove is getting. I am excited, and I know some of you are watching online, you go, what's happening to you? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I'm not moving. I'm not sick. I don't have cancer. Uh, in fact, I'll be doing the online talks, my table talks that I do to you on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. I'll do them. I'll be doing Dusty's message or whatever the Lord puts on his heart to preach. I'll say, give me the notes, and then I'll say, here's what it is, and I'll do it to, to my online friends. Dusty will do it to you live and in person and live streaming there and on the web. We will work together. Elijah and Elisha work together. Dusty will not be my servant, though. 
my yard needs mowed, Dusty, get out there, although I'm sure he would get out and it needs leaves rake right now. But he's got a servant's heart. His family has a servant's heart. His kids do. The Grove is in for a wonderful opportunity because what you needed was stability. You got that. What you needed was a budget. You got that. What you needed was a place to meet. You got that. What you needed was a good location. And when I tell people about the church, they say, where is it? Here's the way I define it. It's on South College next door to Discount Tire. You say, really? Well, would you rather me say that? Or it's 5124 South College Unit 3. Right next door. So God's given us this place. But now it's time for the, the Elisha to come in and to begin to work the communities, the, the, all of that. When does he start? Well, he wanted to start January the 1st, officially, uh, this week after he accepted the offer. I said, do we have to wait to January the 1st or can you come in sooner? He said, well, I can sort of come back and forth. And I said, all right, then let's do that. He said, when do you want me to start? I said, Monday. He said, which one? November 1st. That's tomorrow. Well, yes, it is. But because of our online stuff and because we have the all we discovered through COVID, hey, we can have meetings online. So he'll be doing that, working with our staff, laying out vision. He said, I said, Dusty, I don't want to waste two of the best months of a church's year, November, December, primetime church. I said, I don't wait, wait till January. I said, so he's starting tomorrow. He'll be preaching here next week. So we'll pass the mantle or I'll give him my key to the buildings as a symbolic thing. And then uh, he will be leading us uh, out of state for a while. He's in Detroit, got to sell a house, got to buy a house, got to do all that. So pray for him and talk to him and comment to him. And when he does the live post, watch it, whatever it is. But I'm excited because, one, I get to stick around. I get to be the teaching pastor. Uh, we'll figure out the schedule and all of that. So if you're watching online, I'm still here at the Grove. I'll still tithe to the Grove uh, like every soul in this room does. And like every soul online does, well, we don't, now I know that. I'm just kidding with you. But like you should. I mean, Jesus said you should tithe, yes, but don't forget the more important things like love, mercy, and justice. So Julie and I are staying here. We'll be involved in the kids' stuff and whatever else if I need to make coffee or lock the door. So like I said last week, I want you to say it this week, Robert's not going anywhere. And as I said last week, some of you were sad to hear that because you thought I was leaving, and I'm not. And so you're stuck. If you don't like me, then come to 1030. You'll see Dusty. But it's, it's God's plan. It's God's journey. God made it clear to me in July. And uh, frankly, I was a little frustrated that it took three, three months. I've talked to some other pastors, and they said, you'll be lucky if you find somebody in a year. I said, a year? I could be dead in a year. Well, that's how long it takes. And I said, Lord, you know me. I'm, I'm the Elijah. If you got the task, let's go in, find the person, get it done, and it's done. <laughs> and last week, uh, I sent it to Dusty. I said, here's the offer. And then I waited, and I waited, and I didn't want to be pushy. I had to wait two days before it came back. And I was about to call him, and then a ping, my email, dears, here's the letter. Oh, thank you, Lord, for shutting my mouth. I'm, I'm the task guy. Let's just let's get it done, get it done, get it done. He's the people guy. Let's talk to this one and this one and this one. Let's share stories. Let's have coffee. Let's have lunch. I am excited to be his assistant. In Deuteronomy, Numbers 8.25, God tells Moses to tell the leading priests, you can serve for 25 years. After that, you need to step down. You can assist in the temple worship, but you cannot lead. And that's not a mandate that a pastor can't go more than 25 years, but it's a divine thing that says there's a generation about every 25 years, and they grow up, and they go, and they move. Dusty's got a generation. I mean, he's got a 10-year-old, 8, 6, 
two, and he's going to have another one in July, in January. So, so he's got the nursery, the preschool, the elementary, and they grow into middle school and high school and on and above. So he's here to stay. This is his home. This isn't a stepping stone for him. You know, he said, you know, I'm, I'm good for 15 or 20 years. I said, that's what I've been praying for. You coach, he says, like you heard him last week, two soccer teams and a football team. He loves the Lord. He loves people. Uh, he's got experience. Uh, he's willing to come at a price that we can afford. And uh, we're just blessed to have him. So that's the succession. And I threw the cloak over him. He said, yes, and this is where we're going with that. So as of, I guess, tonight at midnight, uh, I'll be the teaching pastor and he'll be the lead pastor. But obviously, I'll stick around and work and do what I can to assist him in all of that things. So the good news is God's blessing is on the grove. And uh, he sent me here for a season, sent Julie here for a season, sending Dusty here for a season. So, you know, as we go forward, we just follow God's plan. Amen.